Welcome back to Desert Island Dictator. My guest this week is the wonderful Tom Mayhew. Now, Tom has a radio show on the BBC right now. So, uh, it's Tom Mayhew is Benefit Scum, uh, and it's on Radio 4. So, I strongly, strongly suggest you listen. Um, you can, right now, you can listen... Uh, well, it was actually on yesterday. Uh, great timing, Jacob. You released the episode a day late because you are disorganized. But uh, you can listen on catch up. I've already listened. It bangs. You know, there's a bit. Uh, there's a bit in the interview when I'm talking to Tom, and I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to listen. Well, I've already listened to it. It rocks. It's a great show. It was one of my favorite shows. Like when he was uh, when he was preparing the material for it, it was. I, I thought it was pretty special um, in its sort of early iterations of it when it was a a stage show he's developed it for radio now uh, i'm sure it's going to be even better uh tom's one of the best and most exciting voices on com- in comedy at the moment in my opinion just a great guy and um to be honest i spent most of this uh podcast just talking at him um but you know what listen to it listen to it anyway and then listen to the radio show thank you very much to desert island dictator my ep- my episode uh, well we're going to be editing the start uh welcome back to desert island dictator my guest this week is the wonderful tom mayhew uh he is a stand-up comedian his show his new brand new show tom mayhew is benefit scum is on thursday the 3rd of march is that right am i yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. thursday the 3rd of march at 11 p.m on radio 4 um tom uh that's not a nice thing to call yourself benefit scum man like i hope that <laughs> i hope that your next i hope that your next your, the next batch of shows will slowly your 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 kind of personal self-esteem will slowly build throughout the next few shows sort of maybe four or five shows will have tom a he's all right <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's the dream mate that's the dream well apparently now i'm some sort of dictator so maybe i should be more confident nowadays well yeah exactly i mean and also, I think ultimately, I don't know what the stigma of claiming welfare will be like on your island, but I imagine, you know, having had experience of it yourself, it'll be different. Uh, so. Yeah, it'll be it'll be much different. It'll be it'll be like an opposite world, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that title for my show because basically, it kind of means if anyone doesn't like me, they can't throw that insult at me because I've already used it. I've kind of reclaimed it. So if they go like, oh, you're better fit scum, I'll be like, yeah, it's the title of it, mate. Cheers. Thanks for supporting. <laughs> so there we are. I think it'll be all right. In the... Um, Sorry, come. In the town, um, 
in the town where I'm from, like they have, so there's the, uh, there's a big station and there's a job center plus by it. And like, basically next to that is a weather spoons and it's quite a conservative town. So there's always people being like, bloody like, people just getting their benefits and going straight to weather spoons. I'm just like, look, man, like I'm someone who was raised on the, like the novels of Terry Pratchett, like Dungeons and Dragons. things so like, I'm just like, you know, if I need a job, I go to the inn, wait for a wizard, pick up a quest. Like don't, <laughs> don't, don't in shame me. <laughs> I'm waiting for a wizard. That's. <laughs> I mean, that's fair enough. You yeah. probably have as good a chance of getting a job from a wizard than you would from, I mean, the entertainment industry right now. So it's worth <laughs> a shot. Yeah. So um, the the show itself, I, I don't know if you want to maybe just like tell the tell the tell the audience who will listen to it before Thursday, and if not, we'll go on the BBC Sounds app and download it and listen to it a little bit about it and then we'll you know move on to other things but okay well the show i'm sure you're you're exhausted having to bloody like (laughs) promote it to everyone at the moment but uh... oh mate it's it's all right i feel very kind of you know lucky to be honest like it's it's based on the time when i was signing on for three years after leaving school and it kind of touches on the demonization of people on benefits and the stigma of claiming mm. benefits and generally the stigma of being poor and being working class uh and yeah i don't really mind plugging it because it feels like the first time in years that anyone's actually listened to these things <laughs> so it's yeah. quite nice for really, it to feel like i've got a voice and people from this perspective have a voice because often a lot of the media is just middle class people going no this is what this is what poor people want and i'm like no mate i don't i don't give a damn about <laughs> a church or or a statue or whatever you're trying to tell me that I want. Like, why would it is people to get paid better? <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. So uh, I saw that the other week you found that, like, some journalist in the mail had listened to your show and, like, been like, oh, they found mm. a working-class comedian. Oh, no. Oh, mm. they don't like Brexit. Is that, un- like, firstly, I don't think you even do any Brexit jokes. <laughs> Secondly, no, no, I've not got, I've not said a single joke about Brexit in five years. I've never yeah. joked about it. <laughs> I find it a very boring topic. <laughs> but also, like, secondly, I was like, what do you think was going to happen? Like, that, oh, I'm sorry, did the, the poor person in your imagined head not act like the real one? I don't know what to, yeah, <laughs> yeah like. And it's mad, because I'm like, mate, my, my grandma and my grandpa, they've bought your paper for, like, 60-odd years. Like, yeah, they yeah. are <laughs> your demographic. So you're saying to them, like, Oh, your grandson is Tory hating scum, and I'm like, I love my grandparents. I don't think I hate them, so maybe. And that's the thing; they didn't even listen to the show. They just wrote it based on the description because the show's not out there. No one's heard the show. No one's heard the first episode yet. So they were just <laughs> being reactionary, as they like to be. I just, I just thought it was like, I mean, I, I'm sure that like being on the receiving end of it is different, but as a sort of third party observer, it was. It was quite funny how like that they 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 there's the paper itself loves to be like that's not what real Britain wants like real British people like like different things and you're like well you know what man like I think that's hmm. like have you this like mad person that you've imagined is not real British people like people are so much more people I, I hate to be sort of that guy but like people are just like so much more complicated than that but it is true like people people are not like this sort of bizarre caricature that like people yeah. think they are uh, anyway um no totally spot on them 
So I I would say that uh, I highly recommend that you listen to the show. Uh, firstly, because you can't go and see Tom live, uh, and secondly, because if you live somewhere or you're lazy, then uh, the way you can't see him and you're, and you're lazy anyway, this is a great opportunity to uh, to start getting involved with one of the most I would say like one of the most exciting new acts on the circuit. Um, oh, thank you, man. I saw what well, I saw your last show and I really enjoyed it. Uh, which is, uh, I think it was I, Tom Mayhew, which I get, is this show kind of sort of built on top of, or is it sort of spun spun from? Yeah, this kind of, uh, a lot of the material was adapted from that stand-up show. So a lot of the yeah. material in that show is in the Radio 4 show, but there's also, you know, bits and bobs to make it more contemporary to 2021, because there's yeah. been a lot of chat around benefits culture over the past year so it's just a few sort of references to stuff like that yeah it's pretty uh i was pretty i guess it's kind of a it's an it's an odd time to be talking about it because at the same time as for example like like i saw a thing today in the news where uh and it was uh, some research that uh people in king's college have done uh and the research one of the outcomes of the research was they is that 50 percent of britain blame think that people who lost their jobs uh, sorry that 50 percent of, of people in the uk uh when looking at people who lost their jobs in the pandemic blamed the person who'd lost their job and i'm like what what <laughs> what like what what will it take i was just like what i just i was like what the level at which people and also blame other people and also themselves for the situation they're in i'm like yeah, sure. Take some responsibility for your life, but like, what would, what is it going to take for you to realize that there are some occasional external factors that change the way that society operates that are not within your direct control? Like, what so, what is it going to take for you to? Very, very... <laughs> Jesus, man, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, but like at the same time, this is the same but... year that that like a solid chunk of white collar professionals have been put on essentially state benefits for a year like a big chunk of people mm-hmm. who work in office jobs uh things like that would have who would have been furloughed for at least some of the year uh, and it's it's just unreal that people hold these two things simultaneously in their heads mm-hmm. um yeah it's mad absolutely mad well, even people who've worked in places that are open, like my mum works, well, she used to work at Boots and, and she was made redundant and they were open all year, but she was yeah. made redundant because they had to cut back because sales went down. And it's like even places that were open, people are getting made redundant. And it's like, you can't blame that on the employee because they're not, like, they didn't <laughs> cause the pandemic. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just, just, whatever. I won't go too far down that road. I don't want to rant too much for this, uh, for the start of this. But um, the thing is, obviously, Tom, it's great that you've got these achievements. Great you've been doing these things. But the problem is, you've been doing none of that because what's really happened is three years ago you were marooned on a desert island. Now, oh, I see like, that explains it. Actually, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it was going too well. Okay, I know, right? Like. W- w- you, you, you take a step forward in your career and then you, you're in a shipwreck and you're just <laughs> in the tropics. No stand up there, no nothing. You know, Well, there could be on your island, but we'll see. But like uh, fast forward three years, hmm. you now rule the island with an iron fist. Uh, 
Tom. time. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> About yeah. time. Uh, <laughs> Tom, thank you for allowing me onto your island. Uh, firstly, how should I address you? Address me as... Uh, well, you can address me just as Tom, because I knew you before the island days. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, the islanders, they have to address me as uh, King Tom the Wonderful. That's, that's what they call me, King Tom the Wonderful. King Tom the um, Wonderful. And that's what they have to call me. Legally, yeah. they have to call me that, or they go to jail. Uh, it's just a little little thing I thought I'd put in for a laugh. Let's get yeah, an right, ego yeah. boost every day. You know, I'm stuck on this island and I can't see all my friends, so I thought let's legally give myself an ego boost every day. Yeah, on pain of jail, which is yeah. <laughs> just just a norm. I think one of the really funny things about doing this show, right, is that like. At one level, it's quite silly, but at one level, it's also a bit of a study of power because obviously people will start putting their, you know, their little irritants and their little rules. But it, given a sniff of it, even hypothetically, people just immediately are just like, you know what, I put that, I put that guy away, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> well, I think you know you need to teach people respect, and if, uh, yeah. <laughs> if it's my island and I am and I am a dictator, which apparently I yeah. am. You are. Oh, uh... Well, you know, I mean, again, you, like in your island, you can make your form of government whatever whatever way you want. Like it could be an, an anarcho-socialist utopia, but you could also, you know, it could be not that. <laughs> well, they won't go to jail forever. They'll go, they'll go to jail for one day where they'll be told to study sociology and to read about the past. And that's what they'll have to do. And then they'll come out, go, thank you, Tom, the wonderful. Is that what I call myself? Yeah, King Tom the Wonderful. King Tom the Wonderful. I'm going to have to go to jail again now because I, I get it wrong sometimes myself. But I go to jail as well because there's no there's no like one rule for him, one for the rest of us. All of us go to jail if we get it wrong. So I'll be going to yeah. jail after this podcast. But um, I, I don't. I don't mind it. It's quite nice there. My jails are very, very friendly. There's nice seats. Uh, there's nice, nice beds. There's home cooked meals. Um, mm. In fact, some people would say prisoners on my island they get it better than normal people. Ugh, that's yeah, what some people, people, say. people fucking say that all the time, don't they? Just say, yeah. you know what, them prisoners, they uh, <laughs> yeah, they've got life, life of Larry in there, don't they? Uh, that's, the... that's my that's my favourite thing people say because I'm like, if you believe that, mate, go stab someone and get it. Why would <laughs> you? Like... If you genuinely believe it, why have you not put yourself in prison? <laughs> it's like right. I I think that there's a few like. There's a guy who was, um, a, my uncle used to say this occasionally. There's just, uh, he was like, the thing you need to understand about beggars, mate, is that a lot of them actually earn more money than, than people doing real jobs. I was just like, all right, mate, give up your job as a builder. If, yeah. Right, give up your shit job as a builder where you fucking like, that, where you fucking like put like big girders up and it's like going to wreck your back by the age of 40. Like, just give up that, right? Stop doing it and go to Oldham like the street of Oldham, a, t- a small yeah. town outside, just on the outskirts of Manchester, sit on a corner with the other, like the other down and outs and beg for pennies. Are you going to earn more than you? I, no, you've told you're going to earn more, right? As I understand <laughs> it, as you do, as, as the head engineer of this, of this, of this Marshall building site in the Northwest, as I understand it, <laughs> why don't you just, just sit down? No, it's going to be easier. Just sit on your ass in the rain, like for a bit, you know, get all the money, come home. It's fine. Like, I don't like such an odd. Sense. But the, the absurd thing is, though, even if you showed them 
a hundred examples of beggars who didn't earn more than they did, they'd still go, yeah, but some of them do. Because they have this <laughs> they have this hypothetical beggar in their head who's got like gold chains and like literally is <laughs> for some reason a millionaire just from begging, which I don't think yeah, I've no idea where they get this idea from. It's mad. If you if I could earn good money from begging, I'd beg. Yeah. Yeah, I think right. everyone. Every again, if if we could get good money from doing it, we'd all do it. Yeah, if I, no one would work in supermarkets or anything. We'd go out begging. Of course, you would. I like, practice every day, like get the big eyes, like, <laughs> just the big dog eyes, fucking. So yeah, well, you know what, comedians listening to this show, hoping I'll book you. Uh, you put a Patreon on, and you're basically a professional beggar. That's my thoughts about you, and that's my thought. By the way, you can sign up to the show's Patreon uh, on patreon.com forward slash Desert Island Dictator. Uh, no one has contributed financially so far, and you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Like, what I, did I they don't... get? What did they get if they? Sign well, that's up? the thing. To be fair, that's the thing. Like, I haven't worked it out yet, which is why you need to. You need to create the good. You need to like. So I was thinking of doing. Um, I was thinking of doing like episodes where people could contribute. Like we could make like a collaborative island. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, but I think we need to get like a um, the the, tr- the 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 getting over the first thing is to get over the hump of doing the first few. So that, because I think the first few would be quite hard to get people involved, and then once you know. Mm. Once they are, they will because it's like a community and you can join and go. Maybe I'll do it on like Minecraft or something like that. And like, oh, that's so. Has, has anyone ever done that? Like a podcast Minecraft crossover? That'd be really interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, but how, you, how you make your millions, mate? That's yeah, maybe. Do it. But this uh, this podcast about you, right? Uh, King Tom the Wonderful uh, on your island. Thank you. Um, with your your great jail sentences one day long read a bit of sociology have a nice time get out rehabilitated mm-hmm. fab uh king tom the wonderful uh, so i do understand that you have implemented a few rules um that the people of this island must follow and what i'd like you to do is maybe just tell us about a couple of them you know well one rule i have because in western society there have been a lot of rules and very recently in history where things like homosexuality was illegal or yeah. uh, things where it couldn't be taught in school. So I would say that legally you can be any sexuality you want, but legally you have to try homosexuality at least once. <laughs> I think that would really stop a lot of homophobia. <laughs> What uh right so what what in your let's go what what counts as a try just a little little peck on the lips or like yeah could you do a pegging but not but like without 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 the presence of an actual man or could you you know what during the pegging does your partner put on a a gruff voice um. And do you have to call them Steve? Seems like I get. Well, I guess at that stage, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, might as well just have Steve. Like, if you're going to have fake Steve, you might as well have the real Steve, right? So, um, so where? Yeah, when you say like, you, there we go. I'm glad to see you're getting into the spirit. <laughs> so yeah, what uh, what count? What counts as you have to try? Uh. 
you have to go on a nice date and you have to uh, pay each other compliments about how you look and you have to at least have a bit of a kiss. I would, honestly, I would say this. I'd go on a... I'd have a kiss with a boy if that meant, you know, just having a nice date with some compliments. You gotta, you, yeah. You, yeah, you gotta have your self esteem. You gotta get your self esteem up, you know. Go, you want to go look fabulous for the night, get compliments on it, you know, have a nice mm-hmm. dinner, drinks. If you're gonna have that, you deserve a kiss. That's what I think. Well, I think that it would, it would do two things. It would, A, it would teach people about, you know, it'd kind of make people less homophobic. And B, it would teach people more about, equality because if you're both the same gender then you have to split the bill and it's like yeah that's that's how it should be none of this gender roles where men are expected to pay or where women expect them to pay or whatever it should be like no if you're going out for a meal like you should pay for your oh you should you shouldn't split the bill you should pay for your meal i find it very weird when people Uh. you know when you go out for a meal with someone and you spend like a tenner and they spend 25 and they're like let's split the bill and i'm like no let's not mate let's not split the bill uh, but yeah everyone would have to try it at least once that's what i think that's a good i think that's a good good little good little rule you know you have your date have a nice day mm-hmm. also yeah i agree i agree with that man like i think that when you um i was about to i was about i was like by the way, it sounds weird. It, there's a, I realised it was going to sound weird what I was about to say because I, I I was going to talk to you about splitting the bill and I realised that I'd come straight off a point of equality. I'm like, yeah, you know what's the important thing is when, when you're in a group of people and you don't want to drink and everyone else is drinking, you shouldn't have to pay for their fucking drinks. And then I realised that like <laughs> I've just interrupted your point about like equality to be like, yeah, <laughs> you, know what, you know what this no, country No, no, it's need. a fair point. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to pay for someone else's drinks if if... You know, if you're, it's that thing where, like, if you're just drinking Diet Cokes and everyone else is drinking expensive beers and they go, oh, I'm going to get around in. It's like, no, why, why would I? You've spent like three quid on me all night and you expect me to get you a drink for eight quid. Why? It doesn't make any sense. Um, do you find that, God, all this talk around is making me, this is a real, this is a real fancy land, isn't it? Like, just mentioning yeah, yeah. the concept of a restaurant and, and round. <laughs> I'm just like, these. Well, these concepts <laughs> imagine that mm. one day we will be together in an establishment in person <laughs> yep we may purchase a drink for more than one of us <laughs> it doesn't come from the fridge it comes from oh, a tap no. pumped <laughs> pumped Dreams from a barrel i know i know um do you have any other uh, any other rules you would like to imp- impose impose on the threat of one day in prison uh Everyone has to go to some sort of arts event once a fortnight and they have to and they're all they are free to get in but you could donate on the way out and you have to go to them so you appreciate and respect arts and it's actually appreciated as a medium and people would understand the work that goes into it instead of this weird culture at the moment where something I saw something the other day where like someone said oh what jobs are uh and like what jobs are essential or unessential and the the top unessential one was artist and I was like mm. sort of mate like do you know <laughs> what I mean like there's, there's been art like it's not like it's a new career there's been artists for thousands of 
it's not just the top as a new thing. Like, you need art as a way of chronicling history in a way that isn't just a boring textbook written by a rich white man. Do you know what I mean? You, mm. you need art to actually express how people felt. And so I'd have gigs once, uh, once a fortnight uh, and you would, you'd be in charge of booking them. You'd be the promoter. So you could book whoever you want, and uh, that's your Crazy. job on the island. Oh, great! Sick. Oh, that's great. I'll just put my friend. Like, I'll run the uh, I'll run the arts booking like a corrupt <laughs> Soviet. Like, I'll just put all my friends in. It's gonna be great. <laughs> We're gonna be having a great time. Luckily, all my friends are very talented artists, so it's not actually gonna diminish the quality whatsoever. It's, if anything, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fab time. Uh, You've seen, uh, for the listeners, you've heard a number of my friends in the episodes of this podcast, and you'll hear more of them in the future. So, you know, uh, get involved. Would you perform in your own island, or is it more of a, like, it's kind of like you don't want to perform your own birthday party thing? You know, you... I would perform twice a year, like the Queen's birthday. I would do a gig twice a year, and it would be a big event. It would be like the Queen's Christmas speech or something. We'd all have to, you'd all have to sit down and watch me perform my gig twice a year. And there'd be like an alternative Tom's gig at the same time on a, on a different part of the island. Uh, and that would be basically, I'd hire someone to do an impression of me as a dictator. I'd probably hire President Abonjo. He can do it. Yeah. He can definitely uh, <laughs> Have you done his podcast? You should do a podcast swap because his one's about if comedians ruled the world, whereas yours is if comedians ruled a desert island. So you should do like a pod swap. Is that right? Well, is he going to accuse me of stealing his idea and then start a sort of social media campaign about it like he did last year? Because... <laughs> do you see that? Do you see what happened to him? Uh... I mean, it's publicity either way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was mad, wasn't it? It was absolutely mad. I I don't know what you thought of that. Well, they called they they ripped off his character and well yeah. I I mean I thought at first you kind of had that feeling where you're like well it's not out yeah. of the, the realms of possibility that it could be an original idea it's not yeah. you know you could think oh let's have an African dictator character but then the character they stole was called something like I think they named they named it like President Ban Kole or something yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. Bonja's real name is like Bancole Bella, or so it's like, yeah. mm, you've, you've basically, yeah, you've nicked his real name there. <laughs> it was such a, it was just like, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, the more stuff that was similar about it, the more it was like, oh, come on. Because it's like, one thing, <laughs> what, like one thing that he did could, like, the, the, the concept of having a, a comedian that's like a, a comedy character that's like a, a fictional dictator, firstly, it is kind of a you know like i mean there's there's the dictator by sasha baron cohen there's like other you know there's other it's not outside the realms of the possibility that you could do it but yeah they called him like his name and then when they when you found out what the show was about like loads of it was just like bits that he'd done in his show and i was like mm-hmm. come on <laughs> in what yeah. way is this it was mad was... absolutely mad i'm um just, by the way, um, I just, what I do, I, what I'd like to do now is I'd like to just do a quick promotion for my own work. Um, so I'm doing this. I'm actually doing this character um, piece with BBC Three, uh, and it's called um, Mom Tay Hughes uh, Welfare <laughs> Dependency Joy. 
Uh, it's a really good, oh, okay. like, it's just a really good. Uh, it's a really great. It's a really great show. Um, and it's about yeah, a. Yeah. It's about a comedian. Now, obviously, I'm not on benefits, but I I am playing someone who was. And what I have okay. done is I've talked to them once. Uh, oh, I see. It. Just, just really, just grasp it and understand it. And uh, mm-hmm. like, I haven't written the jokes. Obviously, that like another person's written them for me. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I'm very excited about it. I'm just going to put it out there. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> right uh, after this podcast, I'm going to get in touch with my lawyers. I think. Um... Well. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, by my know. lawyers, I do just mean I'm gonna dress up in a suit and put on an accent, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't you, don't you, in ring? I think that, like it's so bad because, like, you know that this stuff happens because, like, they yeah. like producers know that they can just take an idea that they hear in like a you know a gig or something or just see on YouTube because, like, the reality is, like, you're never gonna really prove that it's yours, and also, mm. even if you did, like you don't really have the kind of that I could not afford lawyers to take on the BBC. Yeah. Like no exactly. solicitor that is within my price range would be able to fucking do anything no, no. apart from send them one letter that would cost me 200 pounds to send. And that's like, and they'll just be like, cool, we will ignore that letter. Uh, <laughs> Oh, hang on. Anything you... you might get out of it, you might get some sort of compensation or maybe a credit, but then you're like, yeah, but I don't want that. It's my idea. I want you not to nick it in the first place. <laughs> like you, you want it to be you on that TV show. You don't want them to go, here's 10% of what we earned from this show. It's like, no, put me on it instead of nicking it off me. You know what I mean? Like people yeah, don't want yeah. compensation. They want the credit in the first place. Well, good thing I will never be going on TV. So that's the. Um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be this podcast. Is gonna this podcast and Minecraft. I think that's that's gonna be the thing. Um, yeah. You, I've derailed my own interview with you. I, <laughs> it's fine. It's all right. Uh, what? Uh, where even were we? I think I asked you. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Everyone had to cut. Everyone has to attend some sort of arts event. Uh, I got very excited about my job and yeah. started prattling on about it. Um, what? So of the art. So first, actually, it's a question for you. As a comedian, do you think that comedy is art? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I've I think heard, so. I... I think it's. I know a lot of people try and. Uh, you know, some people might might disagree, but I. I don't see why someone playing a guitar in the corner of a pub is art, but then someone telling jokes in the corner of a pub isn't. Like you're, you're yeah, still right, there yeah. as entertainment, you're there to make someone's day better, and you still, with comedy, can get across deep, meaningful ideas and make and change someone's worldview. So how how can that not be art if you if you could completely change how someone sees the world? Then that that should be art, surely. Like. Obviously, then people go, oh, but what about, I don't know, Mrs. Brown's Boys? Is that art? And it's like, well, that is that is art in the same way that One Direction's art. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's just because it's not all this highbrow bunch of wank doesn't mean it's not art. Yeah, no, it's, I think, well, I think that, like, um, I guess, I guess people, I think, I guess people, especially in Britain, right? And I think in some level it is helpful because I think that in, um, uh, in the US, people have quite a like 
it almost goes the other way like like comedians of I, I think are quite like self-aggrandizing over there even their style of humor is even their style of humor is very like high status and bullying i think and like they're mm. a lot of their comedians like love to go on podcasts and be like you know i uh no i actually feel that comedy is we're we're we're, we're the philosophers of the modern day and we you know the where there was aristotle for the ancient greeks there's comedy and then like they go to the club that night and they're like yo my dick is like a pussy <laughs> <laughs> it's always the way isn't it always <laughs> but uh, there's at least uh, but britain i think we like too far the other way right because well, because we kind of came out of like we didn't come out of that kind of like spoke spoken word jazz we came out of like vaudeville and like working mm. men's clubs i think so i think we've got a really like there's still that feeling that it's sort of just a bit it's not like a I don't know, like it's it's just sort of like the same as juggling or something like that. But I just don't, I don't think it is. I don't. No. I don't. I mean, yeah, because yeah, like the idea of someone doing. If you did a stand-up gig, someone goes, "That's not art," and I go, "Okay." If but if Jacob's doing a stand-up gig and someone's playing guitar in the corner, is that now art? Because there's music there. Like I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think generally, I think maybe attitudes are changing because maybe people are seeing more. Mm kind of highbrow comedy shows or more artistic comedy shows on Netflix and stuff like that. But there's the danger of that too, though, isn't there, mate? Because, like, there's a level at which I think that I don't, that I kind of don't always vibe with where, like, there's, like, these days, it's it's almost become, like, there's a comedy that sort of wins awards and does well with certain demographics and that, and then there's, like, other comedy, which I always think, I'm just like, you you know, when, like, in Edinburgh for a while, uh, the Edinburgh Festival, there were, like, shows that would win and they to a show they all had the line like it's actually more than comedy i'm like Hmm. what what do you mean more than yeah (laughs) it's it's a great show just a a really well-written funny show it's just (laughs) um but anyway (laughs) anyway i'm very excited to be the guy who books arts and i will do a fantastic job uh there'll be a lot of comedy as you've just confirmed there is there is art comedy uh there'll be a number of fab musicians uh you know uh those will not be my friends i only know comedians uh you don't know any musicians actually i know uh, i know one musician Actually, I know loads more. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I know (laughs) one musician. He's in a band. It's called Copper. and He's very good. You should check it out. Uh, (laughs) I'll see him at the uh, the arts night you're putting on. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Islanders come in every two weeks. Pay what you want. What is the currency of your island? Uh, The currency of my island is uh, probably just like rocks. (laughs) But then there's like different different rocks so like a really shiny rock that's worth five but then like a dirty rock that's worth ten uh like a broken half rock is worth three and a really big rock is worth 20 but then like a really small rock that's worth four and then if you get two rocks stuck together that's worth 25 so that's what i would do you got to do a lot of foraging for this currency. <laughs> I just... Hey, if people don't want to work for it, then, you know, that's how my economy works. And sometimes the tide comes in and takes all the rocks away and I go, oh no, it's a recession. It just happens. <laughs> but then the water just comes back and you're like, ah, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, it's all made up anyway, isn't it? Um... Pretty much. It's, yeah, the real world economy makes as much sense as my rock economy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, I saw it out, government. Uh, saw out the economy. Like, occasionally, I think, how, how weird is it that like you can buy two houses that are exactly the same but in different parts of the country? It's like exactly the same house, but one place it's 100 grand and the other place it's 300 grand. And in my head, I'm always like, but it's the same house. Why, why, would, why is it? You know, I know people go, oh, it's because property and because where it is. But in my head, I'm always like, yeah, but it's the same one. It's the same <laughs> bricks. It's the same materials. It's got the same posters in the bedrooms. It's got the same roof. It's got the same heating. Why was it suddenly so much more? It just are. Like, whenever you think of these things logically, you go, yeah, it makes no sense. But there's always some guy who's this ultra capitalist who'll go, well, actually, it's because of this reason. And I'm like, yeah, but still logically, it's still absolute bollocks, mate, isn't it? Yeah, I think the thing about like living, you sort of have to just, there's so much, try not to, try not to think too hard about things. I think that's my advice for most people because I'm just like, (laughs) you know what? Like if you do within seconds, you'll be like, hang on, hang on. What? (laughs) What? What is this? (laughs) What's this? You just gotta, just gotta, you can either be, think about it and be miserable or just be a blissfully ignorant fool like I, and be happy. Uh, and... I'll, I'll, I'll take that into my future. <laughs> right. My my I, my my like my my a lot of my family live up north, right? And like I say a lot, like some. And I sometimes I do feel like I I, I like I I'm a bit I, I'm not leaving London anytime soon because like my wife lives here obviously I live with her uh but and like a lot of my family live here and stuff like that and it's you know my job is here and um it's great for comedy but what I wish I could tell people just like grab some people and like shake them is like I do and I understand especially recently it's got harder you know because like um especially after like the two thousand the like the two thousand and ten recession and things like that. It's got harder, I think, and things have become much more kind of capital city centric. But I do wish I could just grab some people and like shake them and be like, you don't have to live here. It's okay up there. Like it's all right. Like that it's people yeah. are all right there. There's actually there's more jobs than you think. It's okay. And even if you're not like like you're not fucking gonna be like a city slicker anyway, man. Like you work in a shop just like you'll have a better life there. I don't know like <laughs> Yeah, it's a fair point. It's, it's I don't know. Like, I, I guess people want to be around their families and so on. The same reason I do, but like, I, I like, I'm just like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, Manchester's a very nice place. I love Manchester. Every time I've been there, I've been like, this is what this is what London should be. <laughs> it's just it's just London but cheaper. Do you know what I mean? It's amazing. Yeah, I like. Well, to be honest, I prefer. Um, I'm based in London to do comedy, but I've earned more money from non-london gigs than i have from london yeah. gigs by like quite a distance obviously there's more I, I don't just mean that in terms of like um there's just so many obviously that like all the biggest clubs are in london but like you compete with everyone here so like i was getting uh professional gigs outside of london a long time before i got any paid gigs in london by like quite a distance like mm. it takes a real like it takes a real shove to get books at think places like Angel and things like that, and real and like they see so many acts going in and out to like make an impression with them and do all that work and stuff, and then eventually get there. Whereas like within like a year, I did like one gig in Stoke, and he was like, oh, "I've got a gig in Manchester, like come," and 
Yeah. You know, like one yeah. of those rubbish gigs where, like, also the rubbish, you know, those gigs that are like almost on purpose horrible, but that like the booker is like sort of testing you. And then you do all right. And then it'd be like, I oh, come to my actually nice one in Leeds or whatever. And you're like, oh, sweet. <laughs> Through the. Oh, it's amazing when it's amazing when they do that. Because when you do the, the actual nice one, you're like, what? I thought all your gigs were going to be dog shit. And then suddenly yeah. they're like, no, it was just a test. It was just <laughs> I'm testing you with the shit gig. And then you get a really lovely gig and you're just like, oh, this is. I mean, every gig is nice now, I imagine. I don't think the shit gigs will exist. Once we go back, you know, we'll do like the worst gig in the world, but you'll be like, yeah, but at least I was out the house. <laughs> I remember we had that period in summer when like there were a few things happening. And like I did like, I got like three gigs in and one was, amazing it was the first one back and it was amazing then i did another one was awful uh because it had real like freshers week energy you know like everyone was just out drinking everyone's just out fucking drinking they were so excited to be out of the house they were just hammered (laughs) like they couldn't like Mm -hmm. the the mc was just like not prepared to deal with just what people just like walking around like Mm. piling drinks down i think it's gonna be it's gonna be mad do you think you'll talk about the pandemic much i'm gonna try i feel like i'm just gonna have to like address it quite quickly because we all need to you know you can't not and then i'm just gonna have to like try and move on <laughs> don't know yeah well i'm probably gonna i'm not gonna sit around and think yeah i want to talk about that for hours because like i think everyone's gonna have a little bit on it and i think it, for an audience you're a bit bored of hearing it like yeah if 20 times in a night do you know what i mean um so I think I'd try and just talk about other stuff because, um, yeah, like there's still other stuff always going on. We've still got a world outside of the pandemic. There's still funny things. There's still silly stories. So we don't need to, uh, I don't think every comedian should feel they have to talk about it because um, mm. I don't think every audience, I mean, some audiences won't want to hear it once, never mind 10 times. So, um yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, I, I think wait. we all know there's going to be there's going to be a lot of really earnest Edinburgh shows about about the pandemic and about the virus and about all that stuff. Like you know, yeah. and maybe and... maybe humanity was the virus all along. Stand innovation, yeah. Edinburgh Comedy Award. Obviously, <laughs> like obviously, all those shows need to absolutely fuck off, right? Just fuck off all your shows, right? Because <laughs> I am doing my show about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's, your, what's what's your great hook? What, what's your great? Uh, well it's it, actually I will, I'll i'll test it on you now and if you're not impressed i've got to rewrite it but it's good because i've got over right. a year so um prior to edinburgh i had a show called once upon a time sorry prior to the pandemic i was working on a show called once upon a time next tuesday and the theme of the show was and i'm not joking that it was the end of the world and okay. because of a a a pandemic had wiped out people everyone uh and we were the survivors and we were all in a like a bunker and i was and me being a sort of perennial shaft decided this was a good time to do a comedy show that was the show i was supposed to do that summer before when edinburgh got cancelled and so this show is called profit uh because i see okay (laughs) uh and it's about predicting the future at the end of the show i'll predict wealth and happiness for everyone uh that's good that's good i think it'll be i like that idea 
I think it'll be be fun. Oh, you know, I think what it is, right, is that, you know, like, obviously, like, the pandemic is not like World War One, but after World yeah. War One, right? <laughs> but, but so I'm not racist, but, uh, but after World War One, right, um, like, our, <laughs> our fundamental level kind of changed. And even people who, like, weren't writing, you know, like, even people who, who weren't writing about World War One, like, you read it and you're like, yeah, this is about World War One, right? Like, like you watch like, yeah, and I think yeah. the pandemic is going to be sort of a version of that for art. Like, even if you're not, people's behaviors had to change so much over this year that like it will affect them to some degree. And like, so even if they're not consciously writing about it or making something about it, like it will be colored by it. I think that's probably fair to say. So I think trying to do a show about it, but enough, you know not a direct way is the way to yeah because i mean all i was thinking about it would be a whole show and like mention it at all pretend it didn't happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'd be was it bizarre well you would you seem insane yeah <laughs> what'd you do for the last three years now <laughs> no it's just um, what was it? Was there a pandemic on? What? what? No. <laughs> um, I think pan, we have pandemic. Pan, pandemic. Pan, 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 uh, I don't know what you're on about. No. Right? No. No. It's gonna be. Um, I think we have time for one more rule. I think that's. I think we've got time for that, and then we'll probably have to wrap Ooh, up. Okay. So, well, no, two more. Let's say two more. Depending, what what would you like? One or two? Okay. Maybe I should do one. It should be a really good one. That's a lot of pressure on this rule, man. So yeah, let's do a really good one. Yeah, okay. let's do it. Um, what have I done? Why have I done that? Oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> one is that. Ah, uh, crap. Okay. One is that. Everyone gets free healthcare unless you're a dickhead. Uh, apart from dickheads yeah yeah and there's the system where people can be reported for being the dickhead and then when it's proven and there's a certain amount number of points then they have to pay for the healthcare dickhead points can't yeah. be what a who what adjudicating system are you going to use to describe what is some classic dickhead behaviour that would require points <laughs> Uh, things like letting your dog poo in your neighbor's garden on purpose that's a dickhead point. That, all right, yeah, dickhead point. Uh, you doing a poo yourself in your neighbor's garden that's another dickhead point. Um, swiftly racking them up if you're uh, cheating on your cheating on your partner that's a dickhead point. Yeah, um, classic dickhead point. Uh, not admitting the existence of your children, that's a dickhead point. Oh. Um, uh, There's a theme to these. There's a theme to the these dickhead points so far. Firstly, all dickheads. Secondly, mostly crimes committed by our current prime minister. And 
hey, I mean, some would say he's done all of them, and I'm I'm not one to say that, but <laughs> I've not heard that he's not shit in his neighbor's garden. So you know, Boris Johnson, will you confirm or deny that you have shat in your neighbor's garden? He'll be like. Lupin uh, decorum est. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically, if someone's a Tory, they don't get free healthcare because they don't want it anyway. So yeah. that's what it should be. Like, it, when people vote, if people vote for the Tory party, there should be a thing where they go, right, you do know if you vote for this party, you're not going to get free healthcare specifically. And I'd be like, wait, what? And then more people would go, oh, no, wait, we shouldn't vote for them because but if that, oh, this silence is going to be great. Here we go. This is good. Yeah. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna send this clip to the journalist that said that stuff about you. Oh, fuck off, Dan. <laughs> BBC woke comedian Tom Mayhew <laughs> said that. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Jesus, why would why would any person in England below the age of forty party which forced us to pay hideous made it houses and destroyed the job market? I would crazy, right? Yeah, I um no, I didn't vote for him. <laughs> so like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I <laughs> don't know really. I mean, I have. I guess I should ask some people. Maybe I should find people on the pod. But then I don't want to like, I don't want to look for people who are conservatives to come on because like, I, do you know what I mean? Like the people who are like up for that are just fucking the lamest people on the planet. Like, the, like I, the trick is finding people who are like, will like sort of admit it to you, but aren't also the sort of people that's decided to make it their brand. You know, people are just like oh yeah like i'm actually the one yeah, conservative well, comedian i'm like are you the most tedious brand i've ever seen i just <laughs> yeah they're just boring soaring like asked uh, you don't want them on your podcast you want you know and it's not even i think people don't even need to be far far i think people who are far anyway can be a bit annoying that's kind of you know mm. the way it goes um, i think it's all what yeah, it is, I right? Just, yeah. What it is is that that without like I don't think you have to be like a centrist or whatever, because that comes with its own like dumb assumptions. But like what I do think is that people there is a level at which people who are way too committed to one like specific thing mm. just fundamentally rarely I think it's the loss of humor. That's what I think, because people are so committed to like a particular vision that they mm. can't really joke about it because it's too like it's too wedded to their sense of self whereas like, i think that there is a level at which if you want to make jokes about something you do kind of have to be a bit like i don't know you, you do kind of have to be a, like treat it with a little bit of a light touch you can never I, I don't think you can be like an entirely a true believer or maybe you do. Maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to contradict myself because I think that if you want to effectively joke about something, you sort of have to love it a bit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it kind of... Uh, I guess it depends on what what you're joking about and what the also what the context is, like what the current yeah. climate is. Because if the climate is that there's already hundreds of jokes about that thing, then you kind of feel like you're just adding to a 
a hate campaign or something. Do you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the time the best people to make jokes about something are people who are that thing, right? Or like people who are like, I don't know. I just feel like people who joke for, about stuff from like a place of love are just so much better at it than mm-hmm. because, um, or even like really basic. So even like this is not not pol- politics related at all. But like, um, do you ever watch that sitcom? People just do nothing. No, I've not. I've heard good things. Okay. Well, it's about like garage, uh, sort of fake garage radio, and it's really clear that the people who made it like, like love that sort of stuff. You know, they're like Matt, like, like grew up like listening to all those like pirate radio things and things like that. I just think like, if it was like some like exec who was just like commission some people to be like like act like dickheads or whatever, they'd never get it right. You have to like really mm. to to really to really take the piss out of. A, a person and like get it really right and accurate you have to like i think you do have to love them like a bit <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i think so i think you need to uh yeah you need to care about it it can't it needs to have, have some sort of heart or some sort of soul in it to be to be proper proper art do you know what i mean yeah um, and to actually be funny because you could i think you can tell when something's lazy you can tell when it's yeah. you know exploiting an, an idea for a for profit or whatever so it's like when i see um there's a classic open mic genre of of thing which is like people who come and they do like um they do like comedy raps and i always think like none of you are fans of hip-hop and like, i feel i always feel like like some they might be a bit but like i'm like rarely are they ever like they always do rap and the the um the like the structure it was always that rhythm like and you're like you don't listen to hip-hop man like if you came and you did like a fucking like and you did like a note perfect like drill or grime track with like the um and you got the like the sound of it like like the beat was like good and that you had the like intonation and the sound of it and then your lyrics are funny that would be amazing but it never is No, I think a lot. I mean, a lot of them are just a very tedious. I'm a white person, so I can't rap. And I'm like, have you not fucking heard of Eminem? What yeah. What are you doing with your life? Like, <laughs> you should be. Think, you should be a good rapper first, and then add jokes to it. And if you can do that, then golden. But like, <laughs> yeah, are you a fan of Doc Brown? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, obviously, he was a rapper first, and then he started doing comedies. He actually knows rap music and he's actually very good um, he was a yeah. he was a very good hip-hop artist before as well like he he was mm. like a he was like he was never like big but his um poisonous poets were like a like an underground act that are like respected right and they're pretty <laughs> yeah well i think he he toured with uh like amy winehouse before she was huge apparently so he... yeah yeah who knows if he kept if he kept doing music he might have been massive but i guess he just got bored of it or he wasn't making money i don't really know like uh he um so he was just like he was not making enough as a um as a he wasn't really making any money as a rapper he was it was just like uh i guess it was like it was like the early noughties so like british rap wasn't as much of a there were a couple of acts and like it w- wasn't really a a thing but like he um he just got. He just did uh, the "Say You Think You're Funny" competition, and <laughs> fucking crushed it. And that was that. So, uh, 
but yeah um so the your, sorry sorry your final rule is uh no healthcare if you're a dick no sorry no free you'll get healthcare but no free healthcare if you're a, if you're a dickhead you got exchange yeah. some, you got exchange some rocks for that healthcare uh yeah exactly oh yeah is that right diabetes mate get on the beach get scrubbing for some rocks because you <laughs> yeah. are a complete dickhead uh, I think that, I think that's fair. I think that's that's legit. You know. All right. Well, King Tom Mayhew, the wonderful. <laughs> I'm just going to clip that and just play it to myself later. <laughs> King Tom Mayhew, the wonderful. Thank you for allowing me on your island. That's all right. Thank you for coming, and I look forward to your um, entertainment events. Yeah. No. Very excited. And uh, the uh, entertainment event number one will be on uh, Thursday, the 3rd of March at 11pm, uh, when you can listen to Tom Mayhew is Benefit Scum on Radio 4. It is Radio 4, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick, yeah. I was, yeah. Just, I was just very Im- impressed by the smoothness of that plug. I'm getting, like, 11 episodes in, I'm getting uh, I'm getting into the plugs now. I'm just like, slide it in wherever. Uh, I'm excited. Uh the good thing about Radio Four as well is just like anyone can listen. To it. Anyone could be listening to that. It's mm. it's exciting, man. Like um, my yeah. grand might listen. It's a bit late for her, but you know she, she might. Um, Tell her to get it on BBC Sounds. You know, yeah, yeah. Up. She she has Radio Four on all day. She's one of those old people. You know, she like sticks it on, going the no. arches. I don't even like. You, you know the arches, right? Like, I don't know. I I went up to see her. Um, when we were allowed to and like i remember i haven't listened to it in about five years walked in within f- within about 30 seconds i knew exactly what was happening i was like all right yeah there's a farm let's go let's see what's i see what's happening here you know it's <laughs> very like yeah, yeah. Oh. but yeah no exciting man it's gonna be great uh i'm really looking forward to listening to it um so you know I'll stick it on, stick it on. I, I probably will not stay up that loud either. I'll stick it on sounds, but you know. Uh. No, no, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm saying to everyone, like, you know, it's going to be on catch up for a while because yeah. I know you, it's late. You get the stats, whatever, right? Like, I, I know they'll do the rating for like the, the people who actually listen, but you, you will get like some listen stats or whatever for like it be for the sounds. I yeah. Well, know. I think I, I believe, uh, that most, if not all, kind of like the vast majority of shows on BBC or ITV, TV or radio, they don't ne- always do the ratings based on who watches it live. It's based on like what is it called, like a a forty-eight hour consolidated number or something. So oh, really? oh, sick! Right, great. All together, I think. I think that's how it works. Great. I'll just uh, yeah, I'll just stick it on sounds when I'm working there, man. Have a great time. Uh, Cheers, <laughs> mate. Thank you very much. Looking forward to it. Thank you.